Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Say Something Interesting. Follow podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities. My name is Brent. With me is my friend Megan. Hello. You're listening to this because East Lake's probably home for you or you randomly Not just search really. podcasts. There's a lot of people who listen well, because of like they know people or yeah. they know like me. Don't kill my dream. I'm thinking I'm that they, they just, you know. There's a lot of people. I know at least three people. We're so glad that you found <laughs> us. And uh, then, you know, the tie-ins to Sunday, hopefully uh, it, it makes sense, even yeah. if you weren't a part of watching us online or in mm-hmm. person or whatever. Megan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, did you have a yeah. good weekend? It was pretty good, Did yeah. you watch some football yesterday? I did. I took a nap partway through because that's how exciting the game was. Yeah, so did Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he did too. He uh, decided to just not play. Or, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. you know, no, I'm just uh-huh. kidding. He did, he did fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, his offensive line did terrible. And their defense couldn't stop talking. More importantly, we're going to skip the football yeah. stuff, but did you watch any commercials? I and did. if so, mm-hmm. what one kind of resonated with you so the my most. favorite was the cheetos commercial with yeah. ashton kutcher and that, Shade I, that and was up there Shaggy. in terms of like memorable ones mm-hmm. um and then my daughter's asking me who's that for shaggy <laughs> and i have to try and be like well so he wrote a song and he'd be like well what song and why is this funny and i'm like well <laughs> it's not showing up on your playlist so yeah. I don't know. Did you hear Shaggy when he talked like normal? Yeah, I was like, what? I did not expect you to talk like that. Me either. Where did that accent go? You just turn it on and turn it off? You sounded totally normal. No, I I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, he's just a normal guy. What I asked my students which commercial was their favorite. Um, One of them told me the... um, the uh, Matthew McConaughey commercial, the flat, like Doritos Matthew McConaughey commercial. Oh, he, they like that? Yeah, he liked oh, it. Um, and then one of my other students is really excited about Drake from State Farm. And <laughs> so those are the two that my Who looks like he did about 100 push ups before they turned that video on. Like the quick Drake swap or and, the yeah. guy who. Bo- well, both, really. Uh, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I would say I heard the Eminem's commercial was, was pretty popular oh, yeah, for some people. Was- who was um, in that one? I don't remember. Um, I noticed, this is what I noticed about the commercials, which I yeah. said to my friends. I was like, um, there's a lot of A-list celebrities in these commercials yeah. this year. I was like, guess it was a tough year for everyone. Like, yeah. So There was one, um, oh man, it had like a bunch of Snapchat filters in it. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm, I can't remember at all. It, it all just kind of runs together. And yeah, I feel like uh-huh. every year at the end you go, oh, that wasn't as good as last year. But I said that last year and mm-hmm. supposedly they were a little bit more, um, uh, yeah, uh, elevate not like, like more funny mm-hmm. supposed to be this year. It's like, like a lighter tone. I don't know. Of there were some pretty ones. like serious ones that I was like, are you okay. talking about the Clarice, the silence of the lambs? No, no, that's promos? just the TV. Those, no, like the Jeep commercial. Get out of here. I don't want to see that. Like the Jeep commercial with um, Bruce Springsteen. I missed that one. Oh, Did I miss was, that one? I, I, I guess it was really long. It was like, and like super like poignant. Maybe I didn't realize it was Jeep because those are the those are the best ones. <laughs> SNL did a spoof on that. They did this like really serious like racial injustice clip and all this kind of yeah. stuff at the end. The he goes Cheetos or yeah. Cheez Its, <laughs> brought to you by Cheez Its. Yeah, and you're like oh, okay. <laughs> it's brilliant because it's so yeah. relevant. But in that's 100 percent what the Jeep commercial yeah. was like. So yeah. uh, good. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. 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 We, uh, so I had a chance to go to Costco. It's exciting. And yeah, which is always <laughs> exciting. Like yesterday? I went there. Well, actually, I went there today. Oh. Uh, cause I was picking up lunch and, anyways, I had mm-hmm. to stop by and grab a few things. 
But we did go there about a week ago, and I saw something on the shelf, and I was like, oh, babe, those are good, remember? Mm-hmm. And the the product are, I brought you one. I, I, I heard, like, bag crinkling. It's, <laughs> and I, I bring, this is going to be my something interesting, but then I forgot I had something else that's really good. This is the Honolulu Cookie Company. Oh. And they have little stores in Hawaii, and they make these little... <laughs> Uh, macadamia nut uh, shortbread cookies, and they're absolutely phenomenal. I'm only bringing it up now because there's like only like I don't know 20 bags left, so you got to kind of run to Costco and get one. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin your dinner, and you're okay, gonna try one, try a couple of dinner. these. Take a couple, take I'm whatever just you want. Take one because we're on a podcast. Okay, they are delicious. They're fantastic. They have these little shops in Hawaii. This is where obviously Honolulu. That's a, this. I made the mistake of putting the whole thing in my mouth. No, that, they're so small. You have to. I really put like three or four technically. Um, And they have these little shops everywhere. And these, they have little samples of these cookies that you can go in. And this is pre-COVID, right? So we would go in and they'd be like, here, try this one. And and then try this one. And then you'd see, you're like, those are super good. And then you go see the price and you're like, oh, I'm good. I probably, you know, whatever. And so um, the tricky thing was, is they had these. Did you say they have toffee in them? No. 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 Kind of have the dark chocolate. We would. They're good. Go in to every Honolulu cookie company that we could find, <laughs> and I would play dumb every time. What's this you sell? They're cookies, you say? Uh, tell me more about. The- oh, these are. Yeah, this is pretty good. I wonder what that would taste like. Chocolate covered. <laughs> well, we have one, sir. You should try this one. <laughs> really? You guys have thought through all of the things. Oh, Brandon. good for you. <laughs> and I'd get like eight cookies on my way out, and then I wouldn't buy a darn thing. And the kids, the kids. We had to like, you know, we had to train the kids. It was a good training moment to be like, you have to act like you're genuinely, you can't just go in just grabbing them all. You have to act mm-hmm. like you're genuinely interested. Uh, and then we bought, I think at the end we did buy a couple for, for like a take home mm-hmm. thing for our parents, mm-hmm. but they're fantastic. And they made their way to the mainland and somehow they made their way to the Tri-Cities Costco. I don't know how they really made it. You guys, um, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And they did. I think I just made that up. That slogan. I think people. We'll say that about like New no, York no, usually. No, they, about <laughs> Kennewick and Richlands and in Pasco. And uh so highly recommend that you try them and uh you know if there's any bags left, I don't know. So so well, anyways, Brent bought all of them, the first so time good I, luck. I went in there a week ago, I'm like, babe, we should get she's like, No, we don't need any. By the way, don't do you recall that you're trying to eat healthier and yeah. do this kind of stuff? And I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. And then today I got to go in by myself because it was just me. So she doesn't even know that I have them, Megan. You don't I'm have your little like home. conscience voice. This with podcast you. doesn't drop till Wednesday, <laughs> so I've got two full days of just cookie eating. You should just leave them here. I'm probably and just gonna leave them in the office. Know. She'll li- she may or may not listen to the podcast, and then I'll be on her. It'll be great. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Brent. I know. Mm. Hey, we finished up a series on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, called Nudge, um, a series on what well, turned out to be the Holy Spirit, and I didn't want to like do a series on the Holy Spirit because I didn't think people would show up. <laughs> so I have to kind of backdoor it in a little bit. Um, and uh, so I do nudge and everybody's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Is it like, uh, ooh, what's it about? You know, that kind of thing. So we talked about Jesus nudging in the first two episodes and then really kind of set the stage for, yeah, but don't forget, he leaves. Yeah. And uh, and then he's not on the scene anymore. And yet we still, 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 uh, still. live <laughs> with a sense of his nudging in our mm-hmm. lives. And I think that that is 
the essence of what I believe and perceive to be the Holy Spirit in each of, each of our lives, kind of nudging us towards a lot of things, uh, you know, changes in our behavior, uh, awareness of situations, how we treat others, how others treat us, um, all kinds of different ways that it's comforting. It's He's known as the comforter, the consoler, the empathizer, the uh, counselor, the, um, you know, the fancy word, the paraclete, which is kind mm-hmm. of a, whoa, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. Um, just making up words. So mm-hmm. I kept um, thinking of like a facilitator. Yeah. Okay. So like, or a teacher, right? So you are asking questions, prodding, pointing in the right direction. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to take this test for you. Yeah. You're still going to have to take this test. Yeah. And like as an when you teach, when you do like adult teaching. So like I've had an opportunity to train adults before and you are the worst, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, adults, Ugh. you know, um, they just already have a lot of opinions. That's all. Yeah. Um, so you got to be on your top of your game. Um, <laughs> and so that's a very political answer. Nice job. <laughs> you did it. You dodged it. I threw you kind of a wrench and you dodged it. <laughs> Keep going. And so, like, you talk about being a facilitator, right? So I'm here to ask questions, to point in different directions, to um, say, are you sure you think that? Or, like, I noticed this thing. Or what does everybody else think? Or how do we want to perceive this as a group? And so that's what I kept thinking of when you were talking about um, the advocate or the paraclete or whatever it was. Yeah. Is is there a facilitator? I think the key part of that in the study that I had this week was just the passivity of that verb Mm -hmm. of saying, um, no matter what name we come up with, when we come up with advocate, it feels like he's doing it on our behalf. Mm -hmm. When we come up with helper, it feels like he's doing stuff for us that we couldn't do ourselves. And that's really not really the true nature of it, which is why Mm -hmm. it's like, it's been really hard to define for so many people. When you talk to actual like educators, if you, a facilitator is supposed to be passive. Yeah. They're only supposed to be active if the group or person or whatever, it needs some sort of assistance, right? Or correction. Or correction or, right. or whatever. Right. And so like a facilitator is supposed to be a passive role. Yeah. They're supposed to say, oh, hey, what about this? And then leave back. Right? Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the other reason I kept thinking of that is because that's what that role is supposed to be in a learning environment. Yeah, which I think grounds it into something that we want and we like. And I think sometimes if you just approach it, like like I said, if I was just going to do a series on the Holy Spirit, there's enough weirdness out there, at least in, in my personal history growing up, where you're like, ah, I just don't think I'm going to go or I don't I don't need that. I, why can't Jesus be enough? And so it's I get that. I understand that. And then, um, but then when you tie it into the actual kind of narrative of how these, this early church was trying to interpret and understand what is this gift? What is this thing? What is this? What do we do now? Like in this post Jesus era, and it's the same era that we find ourselves in as well. And, and for him to say, I'm going, it's guys, it's going to be better for you. I promise this is going to be way more portable. It's going to be way more usable. I kept thinking about some sort of inventions that at the very beginning, we thought who would ever want that? I don't, <laughs> Why would I want a phone in my car, yeah, uh-huh. right? Like I, I, I don't want to be reachable in my car. Um, and then you know you see the people with the, the old dang car phones that are all. And you're just my like, dad had one. So weird, mm-hmm. and you think, who? That's never going to catch on. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, we are all tied to our phones, yeah. and we can't live without them. And yeah. <laughs> if we accidentally leave it at home one day, we're like at work going. I think I just I left an appendage at yeah. home and I don't know how to function without this thing. All these different things that we didn't think would take off mm-hmm. and it, and now you look back and be like that just makes way more sense. Yeah. I think that this worked out for the disciples uh in this way. Um I likened it a little bit to um 
you know, their disappointment in the moment of going, wait, you said you're what? You're, le- you're, you're leaving us? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but don't worry. I'm leaving you behind. And you're like, yeah, that's not, that's a, that's a consolation prize. That's mm-hmm. not um, the whole, the cereal thing. Did your mom ever buy you bags of cereal that were not really, that were like Fruit Loops, but not really Fruit Loops? I don't think so. You got name brand growing up? You yeah. were a military kid. When, how did they have... Like name brand Fruit Loops in in Turkey or wherever you were. You, you uh, good commissaries. Okay, but like, uh, isn't that kind of limited? Isn't it like? I mean, not. I mean, they get all the those. Brands, I've never been though. to a commissary in Italy, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> they're like American stores. They get American products. Okay, I. But I, I mean, always they heard, probably are a little bit limited. I but, remember reading about like the guys who would go off in like Desert Storm in Iraq and all all the stuff, okay, and they get see, home they're and not, they're like. I just all I want is a cheeseburger from McDonald's. Okay, but you're talking about going to a war zone. Oh well, yeah, I'm just versus, they're stationed overseas. Is what okay, I mean. but like they make bases overseas, like small Americas. Okay, like the base becomes like a little America. Okay, well, I, then you were robbed of a childhood where your mom brought home bag cereal and tried to sell it <laughs> off as Fruit Loops. Uh, and I, I told my mom this yesterday. <laughs> And she started laughing hysterically. She's in the car with my dad on speakerphone. And I said, remember when you bought me Fruit Loops yeah. with the two O's and the little dots above the O's and you tried to sell them off the fruit rings? Yeah. And she goes, she's dying. And she goes, I didn't think you ever noticed. I'm like, of course we noticed. I said, the only time I ever actually had Fruit Loops was when we'd go to a hotel and it'd be like those single serve yeah. containers. Uh-huh. That's the only <laughs> only time I had name brand cereal. Or I'd stay the night at a friend's house and I'd be like, can I just move in? I just want to live here yeah. and eat your good cereal. Yeah. I feel like we bought name brand most of the time. Good for so. you. Good for but your mom. But usually we had like... She listens to this too. She does. So What's her name again? <laughs> Betsy. 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 Good on you, Betsy. <laughs> but mostly we didn't have sweet cereals. Like it was a treat if we had sweet cereals. We had like... Cheerios and Chris grape Bix nuts. Did you ever and... have grape nuts? No, we didn't have grape nuts. Do you know what those do? Those like they, it expands your stomach so you feel so full, and you'd forget in the mornings. And I'd pour myself a huge bowl of those things. By ten a.m., I'm like, I'm dying. Like my insides are exploding. Do you ever watch Big Bang Theory? And no. Sheldon, he had his cereals ordered by fiber content. Oh yeah. So like he would pick which cereal to eat based on how much fiber he needed. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I feel like grape nuts are on the high that, fiber. Oh, end. super high fiber. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Clive uh, must be eating more fiber at some point. <laughs> I, my wife bought me Raisin Nut Bran, which is uh-huh. like one of my favorites. But um, anyways, and it's got the bran flakes in it. Mm-hmm. And it's got the raisins, but like they're covered in like a sweet nut thing. It's yeah. so good. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, I changed Clive the other day. I'm like, bro's been getting some fiber because that's <laughs> solid. <laughs> solid coming out of there. And I know people are listening going, wait, I thought you said he was over three, almost three and a half. <laughs> to that, I say, yes, exactly. <laughs> that is the issue. Uh, that is the problem. Uh, and he I knows mean, it. You know, all in their own time. No, no. <laughs> that Don't take his side in this, Megan. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. He was really cute yesterday. He was like dancing down in the main theater He's, before everyone got here. He so. loves dancing mm-hmm. right now. Yep. Um, we do, I say we, my wife hosts dance parties <laughs> with our kids. I'm a filmer. I film. You don't join? No. And we, he's got his own dance at this point, which I I would do for you, but um, I saw it it's not a video podcast and you probably are, are, have already seen it. So it's, he's pretty talented in that uh, way. Yep. Uh, awesome. What else? Anything else stood out to you in, in terms of the talk? Uh, from- well, we had a question in oh, yeah. uh, Connect Card. It's from my friend Teal. Yeah. Teal, our friend Teal uh, wrote down, I have it right here. Hang on just a second. 
Uh, Something about how do we discern or how do we like see, tell, decide? I can't. I don't have it in front of me. This is gonna be bad. I I do. Hang on. I'm sorry. It was. <laughs> oh, um, knowing when the nudge is the right thing, and that yeah. is. I mean, yeah, that's the. Gosh, that that's is the, the problem. Question. That yeah. is the question. Yeah, like how do you know if it's just me selfishly wanting this mm-hmm. to be true, and I'm supposed to go talk to this cute girl because that's you know what's gonna happen, and the yeah. Holy Spirit told me to tell you that we're supposed to get married. <laughs> Listen, that's only worked once in my life. And um, <laughs> did you actually do that? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Kylie, I don't know. You have to ask her. That's not really a question for me. <laughs> I have a friend um, who, um, her husband, apparently, like the first time he saw her, he was like, he just got this whole like vision of them being married. And I was like, are you serious? She goes, yeah. He didn't tell me that right away because it's weird. Yeah. And I was and like, he yeah. shouldn't have. Yeah. That's yeah. a good call. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know um, the answer. There is no clear cut answer to no, that. I, I, I don't know. It's it's a time thing. It's a uh, seeking counsel from wise friends. Mm-hmm. It's a um, you know think about it and just come back to it. It's it's let it fester for a little bit and kind of no. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also a, like, are you allowing space to hear? Like, are you allowing space to be in prayer? Are you allowing space to hear that if that is the nudge from the spirit or if that's just you being selfish for some reason yeah and it's really hard to discern and it's hard to know right away and we get it wrong all the time i get it wrong all the time um and i think it's a consistency thing for me like am i consistently feeling pulled in this direction even though that's not necessarily something i want to do like oh maybe that's not me maybe that's the holy spirit right um and so like that continual like pull and push of like, oh, maybe this isn't some like, no, I don't want to do that. But I keep feeling drawn in that direction or I keep feeling like that's what I'm supposed to be doing or I keep feeling like convicted that I'm not doing what I should be doing. And um, I think it's that time thing. I'll give you a hint. If it consistently is coming back to your own personal benefit and that you're the one that gets uh, you know, a thrill out of it or this is beneficial to you every single time, then it's probably just you, you know, projecting that into yourself. Um and if it has to do with others, then even when you're wrong, at least you got wrong by benefiting other people, which kind of feels like a, I don't know, kind of a Jesus thing a little bit. I think you'll be all right. But yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and just like as encouragement, like God is God is not constrained by our time. Right. And so even if it takes us so long. Right. Or we get it wrong a million times. It's not that doesn't matter to God. Like He's not constrained by our time frame. And so like it doesn't. Like, it's okay if you get it wrong. It's yeah. not a big deal. <laughs> like, I, I think so, too. I, I think that's our fear is, well, what if this is, this, you know, I'm supposed to do this this one thing, and I don't. Then I got it wrong, and then I'm on this path that's like, you know, we think irreversible mm-hmm. or whatever. And I, I think that God adjusts, and I think the whole thing just goes, okay, we'll just go this. Well, yeah. it's fine. We'll make this, make it happen this way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't think it's as as pertinent in that way. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Good. Anything else in your notes? Um, the only thing, other thing was I – was pretty struck by the Matthew 16, 18 through 19 verse. The binding and loosing. Binding and loosing. Yeah. And just the idea of like, uh, so the line was, what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I just like was so convicted about, we have to be so careful yeah. about what we're saying and what we're putting out there, especially as Christians. And like, how are you choosing to represent yourself and your faith? And like you, we just have to be so careful. And that doesn't mean we don't 
say things or stand up or try and like be a vision of Christ, but make sure you're being a vision of Christ. And like, we just have to be so careful because what you say and what you do matters and what you put out on earth matters. And I think when you come across that passage in James of teachers being held to higher standards um, too, then you it's in the same boat is what you say people are going to take as truth. And that's true. Uh, for you as a teacher as well. I was mm-hmm. reading a, um, uh, that a, a nut, the nudge book that I kind of took the series title from. It's, it has nothing to do with religion. It's not a religious book in any way, uh, but the behavioral economics piece of it. And uh, they were talking about what it would be like. One of their nudges is changes in the education system, changes in marriage systems and how we perceive civil unions versus you know marriage and government involvement. And one of them was uh, malpractice uh, suits versus uh, like as a patient um, if we could right right now, we do not have the option to not sue uh, a doctor for uh, malfeasance or what's mm-hmm. the other word? It's the um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm blanking. I just read it earlier today too. Malpractice. Malpractice. Yeah, and they if they don't take a, a stance of ordinary care, then then you can sue them. There's no choice for us to be like um, I choose to deny myself the right to sue you if things go wrong and it was just an accident right mm-hmm. in our current system they have to they have to buy massive insurance yeah. packages because there's no way I can mm-hmm. write it off no matter how many waivers I sign that's mm-hmm. unconstitutionally not something that we can do and and their n- nudge was um, we could re- significantly reduce healthcare costs if you kind of took it upon yourself to say, I promise, like, give me your best shot. Or even in cancer procedures mm-hmm. where they're like, we're not exactly sure if this helps or hurts or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they, they're going to play it safe and not do things for you that could potentially help you because mm-hmm. they're not, it's not worth the risk of, of doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, and that was coming back to what was the thing you just said that I was going to. about teachers. Uh, yes. Oh, being careful about what yeah, you're... they likened that. Like if you had to do that with teachers, okay, yeah, to where if you teach me the wrong thing, I can sue you. Oh my gosh, right? Um, I would never teach they, you. You never teach exactly. <laughs> and and why have we kind of isolated this in this medical system mm-hmm. and not in this way? And yet, you know, this verse is talking about, hey, whatever you say is going to be true. Yeah. They're going to grow up thinking it's true. Now, yeah, I mean, and that's. And that is part of teaching, though, too, is like I try and make sure that I my students know I do not know everything and they can find resources that I will not know. Right. Like I am. And education today is really moving towards like how do we teach kids to educate themselves, to find information, to be discerning about information they're getting. And so like that's also part of it, too, is like. Okay, yeah, I'm going to teach you these things, but I I don't always know all of everything, right? right? And like a lot of times kids ask me questions and I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure. Let's see if we can figure that out. Let's yeah. Google it and check our sources and make sure we're like finding quality sources on this. And as so. much as we'd like to pass the buck, like there's also going to be like there's going to be a role of a teacher is you're the one that is paid to have authority over these matters, mm-hmm. right? Like you went to educate, you went to school to yeah, I mean, do this. So. Like I do have to have some knowledge, yeah. right? I had to take right. and pass specific tests in order to be able right. to teach science. If to you came to church students. every Sunday and I was like, hey, whatever. I mean, we're all just yeah. guessing here, right? You'd be like, hey, man, you need to go back to school and yeah. like learn some stuff and then have something to say. This is why we pay you to be yeah. able to speak with authority on some matters. And so there's an authority that comes with that role in the position. Um, but this is this is Jesus challenging Peter going, hey, just be really careful, like be guided by the, the spirit in some of this stuff. 
um, because whatever you say is going to mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So just like that is a call to be like to be cautious and yeah. to like you have a responsibility. Yeah. To make sure that what you are saying is as true as you can know it to be. Yep. And so like, and that's as a teacher, as a pastor, as a Christian speaking into somebody else's life. Right. And so like, obviously we are human and we're imperfect, but we are responsible for making sure that we are putting out the most truth that we can Yep. and that we're not doing it in a way that harms people. And when we find out that it has harmed people, we own it and we move forward and we learn from it. And that's, that's, I think the thing, I think there's two parts to that at the very end. One of saying we somewhat open, open it uh, or hold it open-handedly. And we say, you know, I I have been uh, educated. I have kind of done my research on this. I think this is my best guess. Now I'm not dogmatic about this, but I, I do really think that this is probably the way to read this text or, you know, this theory of whatever, Mm -hmm. of how things kind of work and how they function. Right. Um, and I promise to you that if I proves to be wrong, then I will come back and own that and apologize and and do whatever and not like hold ground, you know, whatever that I'm going to. Yeah. 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 It's good. All right. Well, that'll wrap up our nudge series. I I liked it. It was a fun, fun series. If you missed any parts of it, it's just a three part quick Quick series, you can go to eastlaketricities.com slash talks or better yet, download the app and be able to watch it within the app or stream it to your uh, device on your t- connected to your television. Make it happen that way. But um, we are this weekend not starting a brand new series. We are doing a standalone state of the church thing. We usually do this on a Sunday evening and kind of invite only for not invite only, but like a members only. It's really not just usually general information for everybody. Um, but because of the nature of kind of how the pandemic has kind of made us more of a, everybody who's watching is pretty much home teamers. We've seen our first time guest numbers pretty much drop, you mm-hmm. know, um, and going, this is, this is kind of, we're speaking to home team members, uh, makes it more realistic for us to do this in this kind of an environment. So we're going to do it on a Sunday morning. Uh, our entire leadership team is going to be there, our board. Uh, we're meeting tomorrow night to kind of finalize the agenda and the items and uh, walking through uh, numbers from last year, financials, attendance, participation, guests, blah, 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 and then some of the decisions that we made and then how we see kind of the future going as well. So it's going to be probably our, our biggest Sunday of the spring for sure. Um, we'd love to have you out. There's going to be an infographic going to be handed if you show up in person um, and with limited seating, by the way, uh, or there's going to be available via the app download and all that kind of stuff there too. So. Yeah. Um, if you want to come, uh, EastLakeTriCities.com on the very front page, we'll have information on RSVP for that in person, or yeah. you can set a reminder in your phone to stream it uh, from wherever you're at. So yeah, yeah. All right, I started. So we yeah. right now we usually transition to our something interesting, something that we read, watched, experienced, or whatever. Megan's going to kick it off. Go for it, Megan. I'm ready. Um, so this comes to me through Atlas Obscura, who I follow on Instagram, and it is about they're called the Golden Fourteen. And they are 14 black women who were the first to serve in the U.S. Navy. So um, during, I think it was World War II, World War One, um, the like leader of the Navy was pretty racist, and so most of his policies excluded um, black people from serving in anything other than like 
the like engine room in the ships. So they just shoveled coal the whole time. But they got really desperate for like office aides and office work. And so they allowed, they started to allow women to come onto the ship and start joining the Navy. And 14 of these women who came and did office stuff were um, black women. And so they are the first black women to, they were the first black people to be a higher rank than some of the enlisted people that worked in the engine. Um, and they were part of that um, were, uh, women who came and worked in the ships and were some of the first women who did stuff during world war one. That's the Navy. awesome. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's my little, that's my little black history month fact for everybody. Yeah, it is black history month. And if you get our <laughs> weekly, then you saw that, uh, Lauren's putting together some, uh, black history resources. Mm-hmm. Some, she did some like movie summaries. If you're wanting to catch up on some of those, I think this week is books next week's podcast, okay, that kind cool. of thing. So be checking those uh, in your East Lake Weekly and making that happen. Yeah. So it's great. Um, okay. Uh, so mine was given to me by uh, Eric. All right. Who is our uh, graphic media design guy. He also edits all of our videos. Mm-hmm. And he basically threatened my life. He said, <laughs> you have to talk about this or I will poorly edit your video on Sunday and you will look hideous to everybody. Uh, so now, so I like don't believe which I, that he said no, that, which but. I trust. No, it, it happened. He's 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 gotten <laughs> aggressive lately. Did you see what he did to Gary's shirt on Sunday? I did. In the he, video? he um like Gary chose to wear a very inappropriate for sure church did. Sunday to film our intro Apparently, video. He, Gary said he asked Andrew, and Andrew's like, "It's good." <laughs> you guys with kids in the room, not to mention Kylie's grandma, every once in a while now, like. I cannot, I cannot confirm nor deny what his shirt said, but it was unacceptable for a Sunday morning. And so we decided to, I told, I told Eric, Hey, we need to like black box that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended up blurring it out, but I thought now just for Gary, I think we should black box something every time Gary does a video <laughs> just to make him look like a total, like every time he moves his hand and it's in the screen, it's all, it's black box. So you, you're like, you're not sure if he. He's flicking the camera off or his shirt's black boxed or something on his head is black boxed. Something to make him look like, man, why do they keep inviting this shady guy to do these videos? So you can count on that happening. This was sent to me by Eric under threat of penalty okay. of whatever. Um, do you get Amber alerts on your phone? Uh, yeah. And uh, what do you do when you, when you see one of those? I usually read it and then dismiss it. <laughs> Good. Me too. Mostly because... They're not really in our area, right? A lot of times they're from like Seattle area. Yes, or something, Seattle, Yakima, Spokane. I feel like uh-huh. those are the ones that I've seen. I haven't really seen one. I for have us. a friend, <laughs> a different friend, who apparently would go out and drive around. I was like, "Are you serious?" That's aggressive. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> so this uh, this happened on uh, in in January, just a okay. few weeks ago. An Amber I remember uh, Amber that alert was sent out in Texas, not oh, here. Oh, not here. There was one recently, though. I was teaching. Uh, the article says this, the Texas Public Safety Department raised a few eyebrows in the Lone Star State by reportedly sending out an emergency alert asking its citizens to keep an eye out for Chucky, the evil-possessed doll Nuh-uh. from the horror movie series Child's Play, whom it said was a suspect in a kidnapping. It was an emergency response that went out not once, not twice, but three times within no. a 20-minute period. 
saying that there's a who hacked their system. Chucky is on the loose. <laughs> they listed him as a 28 year old redhead with blue eyes who stood three inch through three feet one inches tall, weighing weighing in at a whopping 16 pounds. He was said to be wearing blue denim overalls with a multicolored striped long sleeve shirt, and he carried a large knife. His race was listed as other doll. <laughs> And it went up three times. Who hacked Megan. their system? <laughs> Somebody who's no longer employed by Texas. Can you imagine getting the first one and seeing the picture and going, "This is a joke, like yeah. hilarious." It's funny, and then getting it two, two more, more times, times and going, it's "Not funny." Who's anymore. got the keyboard? Who's got yeah. the Who's got the codes? Who's losing their job? Or who doesn't think this is going out? I mean, Texas is a big state, yo. Yeah. I mean, like. It's going out everywhere. I yeah. get the ones from Seattle for sure. This is going out to Dallas, yeah. San Antonio, all of the people, Austin. Um, so I got to check you, in. I, yeah, I, I check like, in with you, Chris. Yeah, I got a buddy uh, that lives uh, in uh-huh. San Antonio. Um, I, I don't know if he got it or not. I'll send uh, it to him and okay. check. He just called me the other day too. That's random. So maybe it was because of that. He's like, you're never going to believe what I just saw. There's <laughs> a Chucky doll run, running around the street. <laughs> oh, man. That's mildly uh, interesting. That so, is funny. Next time your phone buzzes and you know it's an Amber Alert because it always makes that funky, long, yeah, weird uh-huh. sound. You're like, my goodness, what is that? Um, look down, check it out. See if it's a uh, 28-year-old, three-foot-tall doll <laughs> with a knife. Race other. Race other. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. Appreciate you guys listening in. And I uh, hope you guys have a fantastic week. And we'll see you yes. on Sunday for State of the Church. Bye. Bye.